Welcome to the Sunday Brunch. This is episode number 22. We have a great show for you today. And just a note on this episode, we recorded a little early this week, and that was before the changes in the CDC guidelines. So as always, please be sure that you're checking the CDC's website and your local health departments for all of the current guidelines, policies, and protocols. So on this episode, we're going to talk about how somebody decided that they were going to try using a chatbot, an AI, to um, simulate a spouse that had passed away. We're also going to talk about Bezos' historic space flight, how Alexa has a new name and a new voice. We're also going to discuss a lot of COVID news, the Delta variant, the vaccine campaign. We're also going to talk about traveling with COVID. Also, we're going to talk about should we be transparent about who has the vaccine and not. And we're also going to talk about this COVID booster and what it means. All this and more coming up on the Sunday Brunch. Enjoy. Welcome to the Sunday Brunch, a weekly news show where we ask the big question on the week's tech, science, and medicine news. I am one of your hosts, Matt, and I am joined by my good friend, the one, the only, uh, the guy who keeps me grounded in this world of crazy technology, Dr. Marty. How has your week been, my friend? My week has been pretty good. Uh, Work is like a tidal wave as we are trying to navigate what's going to happen in the upcoming term. I don't know if you've been hearing about it, but Guess who's back in the house? We've got some COVID corner coming up because California, LA County is every day a new COVID crisis. Uh, we're, we're going through it again. I, I'm looking forward to the time where we do not have the COVID corner at the top of the show, but it just, it's yeah a whole lot of news in the rundown this week. But I do have a question for you. Have you been watching yeah. Loki? I watched the first three or four. I haven't watched all of them, though. I have been following it, though, as, as other people might watch SportsCenter. I have been following the updates on Loki, so I know what happens in all of it. Well, the world is watching the Olympics. I am watching uh, Loki. <laughs> oh, it's so it's such good storytelling. Oh, it's, it's a great. great arc. Yeah. Um, what, what so far is your favorite part? So I'm done. So I'm not going to ruin it for you. But I, who is your favorite character? And you can't say Loki. I mean, I so I only watched up to the introduction of Sylvie, who, okay, when this was happening, you have to understand that while you might be the Star Trek nerd, I am the Marvel Comics nerd. And so when I saw the character show up, I'm like, oh, that's the Enchantress. Like immediately, I was like, oh, that's the Enchantress. Um, and the Enchantress idea is that they are the master of manipulating people's minds. That's what, that's what they do. And so really old villain although it's a different version of the marvel universe enchantress because there's another one it's confusing because they got the multiverse going on uh but good character good chemistry with tom hiddleston um fun powers uh i mean i just it's funny i i'm i think mobius is funny too because um owen wilson's funny wait is that owen wilson or luke wilson which one is it i think it's owen wilson yeah i think so yeah. yeah It's the one that you can do a, a, an impression of, where people do impressions of, not, not me. But the other one's harder to do impressions of. And, and I actually met him. I met him in Vegas uh, at a conference, what, yeah. What, what were you two doing at the same conference? Uh, I was leaving a pool, and he was coming into the pool. Oh. So, and he had, he had quite an honor. I really love, this is going to be no surprise to you, I like Miss Minutes. Oh, man. <laughs> Good character. She she is great. And you, and you said, how many episodes are you in? You're in three? Three or, or four. Three yeah. or four. Okay. You, you have a lot to look forward to. 
Uh, but but I I love Miss Minutes. So when, when, whenever she pops up, she cracks me up. So and she has a good role throughout the entire run. But I was like I, I was like every time she popped up, I thought it was I thought it was pretty funny. And her commercial was funny too, and it like kicks off. But then I kind of like this AI companion that's everywhere. So I, I I'm a big oh, that fan. That makes of Ms. a Minutes. lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Loki was good. WandaVision was good. Um, they're starting to show like teaser trailers for Hawkeye now. I know they did Captain America. No, excuse me, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, you know they're doing all their their Marvel Disney Plus uh, streamy stuff, and I, I I do think that the quarantine was really good for these streaming platforms because we all became anything cell phone related, anything streamy streamy related was you know our best friend. Do you remember there was a a movie a few years ago about AI with Joaquin Phoenix, and he falls in love with AI. His oh, AI. her? Her. I never you. saw it, actually. How could you have not seen this? This is like... Uh, it, it, it has Joaquin Phoenix in it, and I just don't like him as a... Okay, I don't have any problem with him, personally. I think he's a fantastic actor. Um... But I, there's something about him. I just, I, I don't find him watchable for some reason. So you, I mean, I, ba- I barely got through Signs because I just, there's something about him that I, I just, that I just can't connect with him. Signs is not the movie I would equate with Joaquin. Gladiator, you know, putting your thumb down. Or so you're uh, saying it wasn't viable that aliens that could travel to another world couldn't open a door? Are you saying that wasn't viable? I don't know. It was something about crop circles with signs. That's what I remember about signs. And they're fear of water. They're fear of water. Spoiler alert. Um, they're like cats. Yeah, yeah. And they um, and they can't open up doors. They can master interstellar travel, but they can't open a doorknob. Sometimes if you have Vaseline on, it's kind of hard. You don't and, know what to do. And, and they get trapped in pantries, which I thought, I'm like, this is the dumbest. <laughs> this is <laughs> the dumbest like an M. Night Shyamalan. It sounds like an M. Night Shyamalan problem, not a Joaquin Phoenix problem. Anyway, her... It was a pretty good movie, um, and this man has just a, a quick synopsis from what I remember from years ago. He has a relationship that is no longer, um, and he is heartbroken. But he ends up falling in love with the AI version of his ideal partner, and so he does actually fall in love with this not real version. And in so many sci-fi twists, you know, the AI kind of takes on very human qualities. So it made me think of a story that we saw this past week about a man who had used AI for um, to bring back his deceased fiance. Is that right? Yeah, there was an article from the Insider, and this is it's so it's kind of interesting. So the guy is Joshua Barbo. Um, his fiance passed away, and he used you know, a chatbot or, you know, a chatbot AI. And, and he, you know, he basically programmed it um, and and gave it his sort of his fiance's persona. And, you know, the, and, and, and this isn't the first time we've seen something like this because we've seen some, some deep fakes or when technology mimics somebody else like their voice or uh, video or things like that. And this has been a, uh, this has sort of been a science fiction trope where we've seen, um, like it, like there was a version of this in dark in uh, Black Mirror that there was an episode about this as well, and so it's it's raised a lot of interesting questions. And you know, when, when people are grieving, 
and I know I've lost um, loved ones, and and I, you know, I had somebody who's very close to me, and uh, you know, the, the, there was video tapes of them and and in uh, recordings and those type of things, which are very important to me. Um, we are seeing sort of these people exploring this, you know, this type of technology where it's like. If I have enough sampling of your voice, like Lord knows with this podcast, our voices, there's enough sampling of the way we talk and our words and those type of things. Somebody could generate some sort of, you know, uh, voice system that could, that if you type in the words, it, it could make it sound just like us. I mean, I still think what I've heard um, of different samples of this, it doesn't sound... It still sounds a little bit robotic, but it's getting better. Um, we've seen media companies who can, um, if you want to do like, you know, what's kind of inside baseball and ad read, um, it's you, you could just have a have a voice, just type it out, and then that voice will say it's a little bit cheaper than hiring an actor, yada yada yada. But when it comes to the grieving process, um, we are seeing folks kind of explore this technology, and it's sort of been interesting to kind of see where this has gone. Uh, but it it sparks a lot of questions. Um, we've seen actors who have passed away, and then through the power of technology, we've been able to bring them back. And uh, we've seen this, you know, like in the Star Wars franchise, we've seen this with um, very old actors who they've been able to integrate into commercials and kind of splice together some things. Um, so, which I think is, is sparking some questions of like, you know, after, after you pass away, should somebody have the right or should your family have the right to create a digital form of you and make you say something? Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's very true, but I, I was kind of curious, is this, what do you think about this whole idea of of somebody passing away, but then be able to create kind of a chat bot? What, what do you think about it? I mean, the, the deep fakey part of it is the initial response of like, ugh, because it's so, it's so convincing um, when someone actually is able to capture the mannerisms or the voice of someone else. And I mean, we, we don't have the sophistication as everydayers to know uh, how to tell the difference between reality and those constructs. So I do think that there's a lot of danger there until we really do have kind of a normalized way of understanding those differences. Uh, in terms of whose right it is to be you when you're gone, that's a much bigger question. That's, that's a very sci-fi novel. Um, that's a big um, because I don't really, I don't know if I have the right to me after I'm dead. I, I, I do feel like it might be good to start having a different philosophy about what it means to be on this earth while we're on this earth. That, you know, that the the kind of impermanence, the kind of Buddhist, Taoist ideas of you just kind of go with it. When you're here, you're here. When you're not, you're not. You're going to take on some other thing in the next version and just go with it again. Because if we're thinking about legacies and past and those kinds of things, um, I think it would be very easy to get caught up in something that we might not have control in anymore. I mean, I, I, I would guess, I would guess, just to put it out there, that many or most of the people that we really revere, um, were we to find enough uh, about them anyway, we wouldn't revere them as much because people are complex and three-dimensional and they have their dark sides and, and that's, that's what it is to be human. And so if we, if we do these kind of deep fakey things where people are, then try to exploit individuals and, you know, make it, make it reputation marred or or turn them into propaganda or anything like that we, we might actually need to make a cultural shift of not of not thinking that way about people it might be like when you're laid to rest everything's done your chapter's closed and we don't unearth anything anymore i don't know i don't know 
Yeah, and it's and I think you know in this story, you know, kind of came on the heels of the there's a Anthony Bourdain, um, who is a who's a person who I really admired and I followed many of his shows in his career, and um, there there's a really good documentary that recently came out about him. Um, in a part of that documentary, there were some uh, letters and uh, some and some work that he had written, uh, but never actually spoken out loud. And they used very similar technology, using his samplings of his voice to make it sound like he was speaking, but it was actually just software that was had his voice that was reading text that he had written down. And it and, and it and it's created a little bit of controversy. And it certainly, you know, th- their family has a perspective on this technology as well. And so. Um, it it makes me uncomfortable uh, because I'm like I'm like I don't know how I would feel if somebody put words in my mouth after I passed away because they could make me say anything. Um, and on the flip side of that, we also have you know uh, Majel Roddenberry, who uh, you know we've talked about uh, Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek. Um, his wife, she recorded uh, voice samples so that her voice could be used for future episodes of Star Trek as the computer or possibly for something like um, Amazon's smart device. I'm not going to say her words, so I don't trigger it for in everyone's households. Uh, but there's some people who say, you know, I don't care if my voice is used in the future for, you know, for various recordings or things. So it was just, it's just sort of a interesting, it was just sort of an interesting story. But I, I know that when people are grieving, um, I know I've been in it, um, sometimes you need a little bit of help. And maybe if there was a diary, uh, that you wanted translated and you wanted it in their voice, uh, there could be some potential here. But but yeah, it certainly it sort of raised it sort of raised an eyebrow with me. I'm like I'm like on the potential of this technology. Yeah, I, I think that it's not inherently bad, as you said. There's useful uh, components to it as well. Just hmm. <sighs> some, sometimes I do have that sci-fi nightmare that our technology is outpaced our our ethics or is outpaced our preparedness for that technology. I mean, we figure it out, but it gets yeah. messy in the interim. Well, now speaking of technology, uh, we always have to pick on at least uh, one of the either ooh, Facebook ooh, or ooh, Amazon. Ooh, ooh. Did you watch the, the the whole Bezos space flight thing? No, but you know who's now showing up on my YouTube ads? Who? Uh, um, Virgin. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, he keeps coming up and telling me, "Let's go to outer space." I guess somewhere someone was listening to my conversations and decided that uh, I was worth targeting for an outer space mission. Yeah, it's it was so it's kind of funny. I think we talked about in early episodes. You know, of course, you know we had the Virgin Galactic flight, and then uh, Jeff Bezos, uh, the the former CEO of Amazon, he still plays an active role, but not in operations. Has has his own company, Blue Origin, and uh, that is also another space company. Um, and so he went up into space. And uh, you know, it's it, it was so apparently he made a he made a good point of saying that he actually went to space, unlike Virgin Galactic, because he wanted to make sure that everyone knew that he went higher and that he had bigger windows on his ship and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, but it, it was I did not watch it. I just I just kind of looked at some clips and some stories on it. But it, it, there was like a there were several cringy parts. Uh, to it, uh, as well as some very positive things. He took some interesting artifacts up with him. I think it was like Amelia Earhart's goggles. Um, he, he, he took he took some interesting pastures. But he wore a cowboy hat, which is 100% his choice. 
But during the interview, kind of after he came back and they were talking to him, he thanked Amazon employees and Amazon customers for the ability to to go to space. And I was just like, what the heck? So I, I was curious, what did you think about his statement? I, I mean, okay, first of all, I paid more attention to, did you ever watch Men in Tights, Robin Hood? Of course, yeah, it's, it's a Mel Brooks okay. film, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, so when he made the comment of like, unlike Virgin Galactic, um, it reminded me of when Carrie Elwes is like, because unlike some other Robin Hoods, I have an English accent. <laughs> In reference to the Kevin Costner film being made two or three years before, or however long it was. Um, for the for the statement, I mean, he, if, for lack of a better term, it's tone deaf. I mean, Amazon employees for the past, I don't know, 16 months, 18 months, we've been paying attention to the working conditions. Um, the fact that they've been holding up our economy in a lot of ways, uh, I certainly become more dependent on them. They've also been affecting the the business landscape and really changing it in some ways, uh, I guess, destabilizing traditions and what we've done for better or worse, they are. Uh, and it just was really tone deaf. So it's, it's when you, it's like when you get an Academy Award, it's like, I'd like to thank everybody um, all the little people out there who let me, you know, get this today, that kind of sounded like that to me. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I, I think I, I was, you know, tone deaf, absolutely. And I, I mean, and I don't want, Amazon is a very impressive company. They've, they, they certainly helped us last year, continue to help us. Um, I know I couldn't get some very critical things to me unless it, if it wasn't for, for Amazon. And a lot of people who are in that at-risk population, uh, got what they needed from Amazon because they because it was very risky going to store. So I really appreciate them. And then they've done incredible stuff in the technology world. So I'm not saying that Amazon is an incredible company, but when I look at you know some of the articles where it's like employees do not have enough time to go to the bathroom, uh, right. the warehouse right. conditions, contract that you know uh, Amazon is union busting. They it was. It was like, oh, thank you, Amazon employees, for making this possible for me to go to space. I'm like, we have really big, serious issues going on right now. And I I also felt the same way about the Virgin Galactic flight. I'm like, this is interesting, but it's billionaires going to space. I mean, uh, I would would really love to see, you know, us move the needle in other areas. And there's also nothing really sustainable about this, even even though I, I think Blue Origin's hydrogen powered or something like that. But this is not a sustainable technology. So I don't know, like I, I was kind of like, okay, whatever, you know, I mean, is, is kind of how I felt about it. But, but yeah, when it was like, I want to thank all the people who buy stuff from me and all the employees that made it happen. I'm like, are you kidding me? Come on. Yeah. It was an, are you kidding me moment? It was definitely an, are you kidding me moment? Not overly impressed with that. Uh, I do feel like, as we said before, we are watching the emergence of the, of the techno super giants. You know, this, this is their playground right now. And we're seeing them every day dominate the news with whatever forays, whatever they want to talk about, you know, be it uh, be it uh, going to space or whatever pet projects that they have on the side. Like they are our modern day celebrities even more than the celebrities of, of, of you know film and television are because they're affecting our lives so much. We're so interconnected and so dependent on the technologies that that they've helped um, mainstream and, and establish. So it's too much. 
it's just too much. And it's, and it's too much that they also have, you know, the kind of cult of personality around them as well, or at least they're trying to have the cult of personality around them. I, I don't know. I hope there's a kind of a counter movement of people just not caring, really. Yeah, and I mean, it kind of reminds me, I, I worked for a, a CEO that liked to show off his BMW. And I mean, it was kind of like, I know that CEOs make a lot of money. And so it's, you know, it, it, and that's fine. But I think it's like, hey, I want to thank all you employees who made this BMW possible. I, we don't want to know that. And so, I mean, I hate to liken it like that, but it's like here I was able to afford this gigantic rocket and have this incredible experience. Thank you, employees, for making this possible. And thank you, customers, for buying my stuff. I was like, oh, I don't know. It was, it was just it was very, it was very cringy and tone deaf. So so, yeah, we. I, I, we had to pick on at least one of them. There isn't any Facebook stories in the Every rundown. Week we do but, this. but yeah, every yeah. week we do this. Yeah, because because last week was Facebook's a terrible company, and so Amazon. I you know I had to pick on them a little bit. But but, but okay. But we could talk about our new friend, not Alexa, um, who is who is who is coming into our lives. Can you share a little bit about? Uh, Alexa's long lost brother. Well, you have to be careful about saying the A word, but 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 Amazon's smart home hub, which uh, uh, you know, again, if we if we triggered your devices, we apologize for it, um, is finally getting a new name and uh, in in a different voice. So uh, those of you who have been using those Amazon Echo devices, um, you only had a couple choices. You could call her the A word again. We don't want to trigger that device, or you could use the word computer. Uh, which is one of my favorites because that was an homage to Star Trek. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you could also say Amazon, which n- nobody wants to use that. No. And um, it had one voice, and it was. And, and I think, and I think, as far as devices go, um, Amazon's voice was was actually pretty good. I, you know, I, I think it's fine. Uh, but they but they introduced a new name, and that is Ziggy. And the and the the nerd in me. So well. Before I tell you when 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 you heard, when you heard about this in the rundown about Ziggy being a new name to to be able to call it up, what does that name sort of spark with you? I'm Ziggy Stardust. Really? Huh? I, yeah. I didn't even think about that. I was thinking the computer in Quantum Leap. Oh my gosh, you are. I feel much cooler than you because I went for David Bowie, but you probably well I am much cooler than you. We do know this, but you probably are speaking more to the actual reference and we might want to look into that but i didn't remember that the computer's name was ziggy yeah it was ziggy i it, it, that's what came to mind i'm gonna to have to see i don't know if that came with it or not but that's what came to mind as soon as i said i'm like oh is the computer on quantum leap and so and so yeah i was thinking that that's that that's what it was in reference to but they're also introducing a uh male voice it looks like for the device uh so if you if you have a device you'll be able to check it out here uh, pretty soon you can be able to change that word. Um, and I think it's 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 a name that it's not common in my vernacular. I don't have a lot of people named Ziggy. So uh, that wouldn't be a bad name because it wouldn't come up in conversation. Uh, if you do have the, if you're in the tech industry, uh, like I am, the word computer can obviously trigger that device multiple times without a conversation. So you can't have it in your office. Uh, but 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 even you know using uh, you know you know her name formally uh, I know can often trigger it so yeah it's really interesting uh, so so I mean if you're if you're looking to kind of give it a new name you can try it out and yeah we'll have we'll have to confirm uh, what the origin is but I was like it'd be kind of cool if it was a quantum leap reference you know because I because I think that's awesome so wait that, okay wait a minute what was the name this this one I really haven't seen since the eighties. Scott Bakula had a friend that would help him through his time travels. That was an older bald guy. 
Um, and he had just a first name reference. I don't even remember the name of Scott Bakula's character on Quantum Leap. I just remember he'd look in the mirror to see who he was when he, whenever he made the leap. Uh, but do you remember the guy's name? Who, who of was course. his buddy? Of course. His, Al. Well, okay. It's Al. And he wasn't was bald. Al. He wasn't bald? No, no, no. He wasn't bald. Did he have more hair than us? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, no, Al was great because he smoked cigars, and then he had a, uh, he had a hand link, and it was like that little glow, glowy light-up device, and, uh, there's actually, so, during, during the pandemic, because I, we were talking about before the show, how, when I have time on my hands, I look for, like, random stuff I want to buy, and friend of the show, I know that he listens to every episode, so friend of the show, uh, who has the Star Trek tricorder, because uh, I saw it at his new house, uh, very jealous. I look at the actual Mark X tricorder from Star Trek. I really, really want one of those prop level quality tricorders. Um, I saw his, very jealous. Uh, but there's they actually have a guy who makes the hand link from Quantum Leap, like the actual light up one that makes noise and it's like prop level quality. I think it's like 300 bucks. I really, really want it. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> Has like the little light up bricks and everything, and Al used to carry it. Oh, it was it was good. And Al smoked. He, he smoked cigars th- throughout throughout most of it. You put me to shame, and you're promoting an activity that is wholly unhealthy. Just saying. Well, and and it was played by Dean Stockwell. Did you did you ever watch Battlestar Galactica? The the new episode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So 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 Dean Stockwell was one of the bad guys in Battlestar, and he played Al. Uh, who was he in Battlestar? Uh. We don't have to. We could. We could talk about this after the break. But yeah, yeah, we'll have to um, look it up. I, we're gonna I don't come back to this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So you've just taken me on a sci-fi roller coaster. Um, I still am now thinking that it's Ziggy Stardust. It's got to be Ziggy Stardust. <laughs> I don't think it's Ziggy Stardust. I, I don't think that they're that cool. I don't think Amazon engineers are that cool to make a reference like that. But Quantum Leap, I think. I think it's within the realm of possibility. I I think that it's Ziggy Stardust in reference to Jeff Bezos going to outer space. That's what I think. No, I think I'm, I'm going to look this up. I, I, yeah, there, there, there has to be an origin story here. All right. All right, listening audience. Um, <laughs> in a few moments when we do go to break, um, you can anxiously await us coming back to tell you. Should, should we have a poll on is. Twitter? Like, like, like Ziggy Stardust, hashtag Ziggy Stardust, yes. Hashtag Ziggy Quantum Leap, yes. Do a and maybe poll. See, we'll do another. If we're completely both missing it, which is entirely possible at this point. So, so somebody's going to add us or write the show and go, you idiots, here's the article with the origin story. <laughs> right. That's what's going to happen. Coming up with some really creative ways for this to have been related. But I, I'm going to try. I'm going to try Ziggy out on my on, on one of my Echo devices. I'm just going to I'm going to see what it's like. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll have to tell me because I don't use so much the Internet of Things. So you're going to have to keep me posted. I, I'm going to get you one. I, I'm convinced. I'm going to buy you one for like a uh, like a like a was Cyber Monday. I'll buy you. I'll buy you one on Cyber Monday, like twenty bucks, huh? and I'll ship you one. Okay, so we've got what? How many more months? Oh, Five? It, it's coming too fast. I, I feel like I'm already getting promotions for for Black Friday stuff. But I, I picked I up one for twenty bucks on a on a black on a Cyber Monday. Okay, deal. okay, yeah, it's yeah. the way to do it. If I were yeah. actually a connected home, then maybe. Well, maybe this is the beginning to me becoming a connected home. I, I don't tend to do this very well because I'm a, a little bit of a luddite who likes comic books. But the the you, okay. So guess what the number one thing I, I use my my Echo devices for? Music. Weather. Uh, I use my cell phone. Uh, once you have an echo, you, you won't use your phone as much because there's something you just walk in a room and say what you you ask its name and they say, Ziggy, what's the weather? And it'll tell you the forecast. And then 
The other thing that is uh, second biggest use I have for it is if you have it close to your kitchen, you can say, set a timer for this for 10 minutes. I, I do that's, that all the time. And it's that's really the most handy. common. That's the most common use I've witnessed, especially for people with kids, because kids have timers on everything and they're always negotiating. No, it hasn't been five minutes. Um, and so the parents are always like, mm-hmm. Set a timer for five minutes, and then when the timer goes off and the entire house is going, you're like, okay, she said the time's up. You got to go wash your hands and go to bed, you're like that kind of thing. Well, and my husband gives me a hard time about like I order a lot of stuff online, and they had this feature which I called it the NARC feature. It gets a little golden ring on the top of it when a package is arriving, and so it would sort of tell on me when something would arrive. So I figured out how to disable that feature really quickly. Because he'd be like, what's that yellow ring? And he would he would say, like, Ziggy, notifications. Like, you have two packages arriving. And it would explain in great detail what was arriving. I'm like, oh, we have to knock that stuff off right away. Cause, yeah, uh, yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah, I don't, I... Hmm. Tattletale you don't Alexa. Want, you, don't, you don't want to be in mixed company when some things of <laughs> certain sensitivity are arriving. And Alexa decides to share with everybody what that was. When I'm ordering my Quantum Leap hand pad, my, no, was it the hand link uh, prop quality uh, $200 purchase, I, I don't want it ratting me out on that, so. Did you ever get into watching The Big Bang Theory? Uh, only a little, but I don't know. So it was too real for me because those were very similar <laughs> conversations I used to have. But but in an informal poll, I don't know, I don't know if you, I, I haven't asked you, but informal poll, all of my friends' parents really liked it. Like they watched every single episode. And I'm like, funny. this was like what my life was like in the 90s. And you could have cared less about playing 3D chess or or like board games or comic books. My parents are like video games. They weren't interested in that at all. But then they were like, we really like this Big Bang Theory because it's really funny that these people are talking about all these nerdy things. I'm like, uh, okay, but do your parents watch it? I don't know if my parents ever got into it. I watched it a bit. Um, I actually have met a number of the castmates because they're out and about in town. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, one of which I've met a number of times uh, through mutual friends and whatnot. And they're okay. I mean, it's it was like grad school. <laughs> it was a lot like grad school, actually. And you're reminding me when you want these tricorders and stuff. It reminds me of these these Hulk fists that they trade for something. Oh it's yeah, very yeah. very funny. Yeah, because you know the, the the memorabilia and whatnot. All right, okay. So this is what I'm thinking. I think we should wait. Wait, take I, a I break. have to pause you there. I have to ask: Is there a prop? So you like Marvel stuff, but is there a prop from a movie or TV show that you would love to own? Um, I was not ready for this. If there were a prop, I would own. It could be big or small. It could be a car. It could be a vehicle. If there was something that that you'd like, you just like to have from a franchise, TV show, a movie that you just love. Uh, I would probably like to have the size from Raphael of the Ninja Turtles. Okay. Okay. I always related to him being yeah. cool but rude. Yeah. Except I wasn't cool, <laughs> just kind of rude. <laughs> I. So the one thing I would love to have if I had all the money in the world would be the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah. That, that, that'd be the one. I actually looked into it. was like for 60K, you could actually have one built, a replica built. I, for whatever reason, that was such a big part of my childhood. I'm like, that, that would oh be a gosh. great prop to own. With the gigawatts? 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want the first version. I want the one that like went into the future and flew and had the uh, what was it, it with the Mister Fusion on the back of it. I would love okay. to have one of those. Uh, but I was like, I was like, you know, it's a it's a lot of money to have it. But I'm like, I just love that car. Oh my gosh. Okay. So with that. Because we've been bantering back and forth about um, products and old TV shows and our childhoods. Um, Matt is going to check on some of the discrepancies that we were talking about. And we are going to be back in just a minute after a word from our sponsors. This week's episode is brought to you by Wet Panda Dry Bags. You know, it's pretty basic to think about dry bags, but it's so important. You know, when we're headed out to paddleboard or we're headed out to hike, um, I reach for my dry bag all the time because, you know, I have a digital camera, I have different equipment with me, and I am not always confident that my backpack is completely waterproof. So I just tuck it into my dry bag and I know that it's going to stay safe. And I even pack a wet panda bag in my gym bag because, you know, if I'm swimming, I can toss my swimming suit into the dry bag and close it up. And I know that the rest of my bag isn't going to get wet and nasty. So check out Wet Panda. They are exclusively sold on eBay. Just search Wet Panda dry bags and look for that panda paw. Thank you so much, Wet Panda, for your sponsorship of the Sunday Brunch. And we are back, and Matt is about to tell us that I was right and he was wrong. John Cavill <laughs> is who Dean Stockwell played in Galactica. Who was bald in Galactica. He was bald in Galactica. He wasn't bald in Quantum Leap. I could foresee the future. Yeah, yeah. And for somebody who could time travel, then one would have thought that he would have showed up bald in the appropriate era. Qu Quantum Leap was a big part of my childhood. I watched a, watched a ton of that. It, it was that did, in, in Murder, She Wrote. Did Scott Bakula end up going bald? Uh, his hair started thinning, I think, in Enterprise. And then he did that oh, yeah. CSI New Orleans or something. Wasn't he in a CSI franchise, I think? I remember from Enterprise. I don't remember what happened after that. Enterprise was a terrible, terrible Star Trek series. Oh, you heard it You yeah. heard it here first, folks. Horrible. Um, it was a horrible okay. accent. We, we don't like to talk about it. It's kind of like Star Trek Discovery. Other important question is, uh, was it Ziggy Stardust? Uh, I can't find the origin on this. For, for whatever reason, there isn't a whole lot of articles on where the origin of Ziggy came from. But it does look okay. like CNET also referenced Ziggy Stardust and Ziggy the Computer from Quantum Leap. So I think that you, you and I think very similarly to the story on CNET on this. So we, we are the yin and yang of how to think about Ziggy. If we ever get as big as CNET, we'll, we'll be able to do some incredible things. <laughs> <laughs> it practically all, there. It all started right on episode number 22. <laughs> oh my gosh. We should have a party to celebrate this. Uh, <laughs> So are, are we going to have to go back into the dreary world of COVID? Because that's actually been the thing keeping me up at night. Yeah. I'm, so I'm kind of curious. So it has been a train wreck of COVID news this week. And so I, I just want to get your opinions on, you know, this variant and travel restrictions. Uh, mask news was changing all over. I mean, we saw some stories coming out of New York where they're saying city employees need to wear masks. We saw restaurants who are now enforcing masks. They're getting death threats. Uh, we're seeing medical institutions who are requiring staff to be vaccinated. Employees are quitting over this. I, I, I was just kind of curious, like there was just a ton of COVID news in the rundown. So I was just kind of curious on, on your opinion on all these things. Well, it, it's all stemming from this uh, confluence of things. So we all opened up about a month and a half ago in some form or another. 
And it coincided with the rise of the Delta variant, which is far more virulent and far more transmissible and just a nastier course of a virus at the same time without having huge vaccination rates. Not bad, but not where we need to be, certainly not at the elusive herd immunity. And so um, suddenly opening everything back up, getting rid of mask mandates as part of that, uh, and having this uh, this really clever virus mutation that can escape and evade a lot of our immunologic memory from it, uh, it's a bad recipe. So uh, Europe was hit with this before we were. And if we were paying attention to the UK, we would see what this, this would be like. But there's another wave of it coming even for those that are vaccinated. And that's because this Delta variant usually like one person infected will spread it to eight or nine other individuals. Um, one person infected will shed about a thousand times as much virus as somebody Whoa. who had the old version of COVID, the original version. They had a study come out from, from China where they mapped the amount of virus that was shed from the original, the original group versus this version. Um, it is contagious much more quickly. So within a couple days, uh, rather than the four day window or however, like within, within about a day and a half, people start getting symptoms, which is unusual because with the other version, uh, the older version, it would take a few days at least to start feeling symptoms. And like, there are so many things that are just nastier about this variant and it's elusive. The, the messaging that we're getting from media sources is really emphasizing the vaccine messaging, like get vaccinated. But you can see which news source you're using of how that messaging is coming across. So for instance, um, if we're looking to our leaders in California, especially the governor's line, California, like New York, is a state that um, we are we're in a spike. So LA County itself is getting about 3,000 new cases a day. Our testing positivity rate went up to about 5%, and we were at 0.5% a month ago. So like it has skyrocketed. But our governor is going through a recall right now, which is supposed to take place on, I think, September 14th. And that recall is going to coincide with when we're getting into our largest spike from COVID. And it's going to be driven by this Delta variant. So instead of saying, everybody, let's close up shop again, let's put our masks back on, because there's a vote to go along with this, and people are frankly pissed off that they had to be inconvenienced for COVID, or that, you know, it really did infringe on a lot of people's lives, and they barely made it through their businesses or their, their, their sanity with what it was. Um, but to ask people to go back is not going to make him very popular. So he's stressing all the time, just get vaccinated. Just get vaccinated. Uh, that's a problem because being vaccinated, it's true. People who are unvaccinated are at higher risk. Uh, but one of the things that we're seeing in California, for instance, is that being in San Francisco or in L.A., where the vaccination rates are higher than a lot of other parts of the state, the rate of virus transmission is also higher in those spots which doesn't make a lot of sense. So if you look at the rate of transmission in the state of California, it's actually slower than, the, than in the big cities. And the big cities are more vaccinated than on average the state. So Delta is spreading. Delta is spreading among the vaccinated. Now, the big claim, and this is the important claim, is that it protects against severe illness and death, which is great. You know, like that is the most important thing. And I agree. But there was... Um, it was actually a, an account from Piers Morgan, who might not be everybody's... Um, go-to personality for for morning shows in the UK. Are you referencing Pierce on our show, really? But he wrote what <laughs> it was like every day to have it, this Delta variant, which was very reminiscent of what it was when I had it um, last year. And 
it is exactly the same, the same course of terrible. And it was for over a week and he had been double jabbed. I mean, he had been vaccinated. Uh, so it's kind of necessary right now to, to try bringing people back to the reality of what this is amidst the promises of a return to normalcy and economy that, that needed the recovery period that a lot of places are based on tourism, including California, including Colorado, very large tourist economies. Uh, it's, it's really a quagmire because the measures that need to be taken involve a combo of public health and vaccination. Vaccination alone is not going to do it. The public health measures have to be there with it, but we're not willing to do it. And the way it's being framed in news outlets every time is that doctors say you have nothing to worry about because you'll escape severe illness. And that's where I want to like put up a hand for a minute and say, well, actually, you don't know that we're on a new variant. And while it's true that in the United States, at least, almost 0% of the people who have died from this uh, variant have been vaccinated, which is great. And the not that people have died, but that it is that protective. And the severe illness is, is very limited by being vaccinated. That's great. But it stinks. And you can spread it like mad. And every time you spread it, it's going to create more opportunities for mutation. And so we're, what if we get another version that's even more elusive than the Delta variant and more sneaky? Because every time it goes to another host, it has that opportunity. If it's replicating that quickly, then we've got we've to really think about this. So here I am. I'm talking about my plans to travel in the fall. Uh, and when you said travel restrictions, especially European countries, you're seeing them wrestling with this. So... A lot of countries are requiring this vaccine passport, this idea that you've got to show that you've been vaccinated to just even sit in a restaurant or be outside or whatever it is that you're doing, like Italy is doing this. And it makes it difficult for American tourists to be there, but they'll come up with a way, I'm sure, to accommodate American tourists because the economies are so are, are so dependent upon tourists from around the world to, to enjoy their countries. And uh, we're it's it's funny because they're trying to do something like that here and like little blips around the U.S. So there's this story of of a restaurant in Atlanta that tried requiring equivalent to a vaccine passport saying you've been vaccinated in order to be served in the restaurant. And of course, here we've got death threats that are coming up because of it. Uh, But but conversely, we're seeing in Europe that in a lot of countries like in Europe and in, in, in Italy and in France, there are mass protests that are going on about the mandates, about the passports, about the vaccines uh, that people aren't happy with either. So the restlessness of now combined with the the perniciousness of the Delta variant is making for a very, very nasty time. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious. So are you thinking and, and of course, this is this is just, you know, I, I'm not going to hold you to this, of course, but are are with the delta variant so it's spreading really quickly i mean i'm seeing maps and charts where it's like states are starting to turn more red we thought you know colorado dropped a state of emergency so we're kind of our defenses are down a little bit um are you do you think we're going to start going back into the way we were like mandatory mask requirements and in restaurants and grocery stores. I mean, it, I mean, is, is California kind of like moving in that direction? Are you starting to see other states? I mean, you kind of talked about the spike showing up earlier, but are you thinking kind of like nationwide, like, like what are we going to see kind of the same public health measures we saw before? So LA County has already started this and now we're getting back to, is there going to be a mandate from the state of California? 
I think California will get there. I think Newsom is going to have to be very pressured in order to do it because he's worried about how he's going to be viewed if he backs this in this recall election that's going to be taking place. Uh, there are calls for the CDC to do something now, and it's, it's showing up more in the news that the CDC might reverse its its relaxing of the, max, the mask mandate. I think it's going to be very hard, especially because in many states there's this division between the state and the federal government about what is being requested, such that a lot of states, I think 14 of them, have passed laws that they're not allowed to enforce mask mandates in that state. So we're going to see those states in particular, which are also the states that have the lowest vaccination rates, really, really skyrocket with their COVID cases. Uh, We are going to hit bad numbers again. There's no doubt we're going to hit bad numbers again. Now, now, what do you think, you know, in New York, they're saying city employees need to be vaccinated. Uh, This restaurant, um, I know lots of businesses and institutions are, are, if they haven't already, they've started saying, hey, we want to make sure our workforce is safe. And, and one of the ways that we can do that is making sure that people have vaccines. I know we've talked about this a little bit before about, you know, should you, you know, tell people you have the vaccine? Is that is that appropriate? Um, has your opinion changed on this? No, I think that it really does change. So while you get like a thousand times more shedding with Delta variant, um, that number is highly curbed when you've been vaccinated. So an unvaccinated person with Delta is much more dangerous than a vaccinated person with Delta. Uh, and it's not just that they won't be sneezing as much or whatever. It might, it might not be as violent of an illness, or it might be, but you shed less virus. So already I'm more interested in, in the status of somebody who's uh, vaccinated. For the vaccine requirement to be, uh, to be I think, kind of codified, then first we're going to need to see the FDA move the emergency use authorization of the vaccines into a non-emergency use uh, regulation. I mean, it, it needs to be FDA approved, just generally speaking. And once that happens, because emergency use comes with this whole caveat that says, well, this is emergency use. We don't really know if it's safe or not. We don't really, you're taking this at your own risk, even though none of us read that piece of paper when we were getting the vaccine. So now we actually do need to say this is safe according to FDA standards. Therefore, it is FDA regulated uh, and they will regulate it from here on in. And so then we could make that a requirement in lots of places of business. Where I work, uh, I think the students required and I think the staff also um, are certainly required to wear masks. But the, the students for sure if they have an exception, if they're exempt for some reason, and some people are exempt because there are reasons why they're not vaccinated, and they could be completely fair reasons, um, then they do have to subject themselves to testing every week to make sure. Because you can't just say, no, it goes against my beliefs and then not do anything. You still have to abide by your responsibility to keep a safe environment, in my opinion. So if you're not willing to do that, then you don't belong in the workplace. You have to contribute, like you have to. So um, you can show up you know, all the time with with either being vaccinated or, or uh, not wearing or, or, or being tested. The problem is there are a lot of people who are bringing the bird to this. So the Piers Morgan event was about, you know, a giant football match in the soccer soccer game, right? Where it was mad, crazy people rushing in. It was based on a vaccine passport and they couldn't control the crowds and people could lie about it. And there are people who give away fake vaccine cards and like the system already has cracks in it. 
So lots and lots and lots and lots of people were just going in who you have no idea what their status is. I um, am part of a, a martial arts studio where on one morning of the week, I train with one other person in addition to some other people later in the day. And in the studio, for this class, we weren't wearing masks. Everybody was vaccinated. I mean, until recently, we hadn't even worried about it. And I was informed by my teacher. He's like, oh, yeah, that other person actually isn't vaccinated and refuses to wear a mask. I'm like, well, thank you for telling me that. Uh, I am going to make myself scarce until you mandate that they wear a mask again. Because, you know, like that, that somebody is that bold and feels like it's a don't ask, don't tell policy on the masks or that it's or, or vaccine status or, you know, there, there is a moment where you have to you have to understand that other people's health will be affected by this. Conversely, again, because I always think it's worth talking about the other side. I don't think it's right for anybody to say, um, I hope that somebody is sick who didn't get vaccinated, or at least now they'll think. And you see a lot of news stories of the dying person wishing that they could be vaccinated as if there's like some, some divine retribution. And I think that that's really unfair as well. I mean, people made the choices that they made, and they might be inconsiderate, they might be deadly for other people, but it's really nasty. And people aren't generally nasty. Some are misinformed, and some don't understand. And I mean, there was a very smart smear campaign uh, politically to turn this into an issue that had nothing to do with public health and everything to do with with a, a selfish bid for re-election. But I really have, I have issue with the way that it's being reported, that they're downplaying the... At, at the same time as downplaying the danger of the of the of the new variant of the Delta variant for those that are vaccinated, by really amplifying the the retributive sense of these of people who are suffering from this are oh, only in the states with the the vaccination rates that are low. Because I'm in a county that's one of the worst in in the country right now, and we have a very high vaccination rate, and it's just a different. It's a different way of understanding it, and it's not reported appropriately, I don't think. The other thing that um, I've been thinking about with with uh, COVID here is that when we are deciding or when we're hearing the reports that, well, it's still very effective, the vaccine is very effective against the new variants, 80% at evading infection or, or, or avoiding infection. Um, that was a study done out of the UK, which is great. And I mean, I would trust it, but Israel just came out with another number and said, actually, it's 40%. Now, 40% is a really different scope because that's not even as good as flipping a coin. And while the, the differences might be fully explained by the population's use, so in Israel, they were, they were vaccinated long before the British were. They have people whose antibody titers have really declined because they've been vaccinated for much longer. And so they think that might be part of it and that after six months, you might need something. But the, the numbers that are being used to report are selective. They're, not, they're the UK numbers, not the Israeli numbers. And we haven't kind of come to terms with what's real yet. So the big message in all this is I'm standing on my soapboxes. We don't know. What it looks like is going on isn't good. Uh, people should be cautious as they were last March when people started to not, they were like, I don't believe it. And then they still go on spring break or they didn't believe it. But then eventually we buckled down and we saw how bad it was. We're in the same space. Like we're getting close to understanding that this is actually gonna blow up again. And we don't have any of the measures in place and people really don't wanna have anything to do with it. So those that are are wanting to be cautious. You've got kids who aren't protected in, by a vaccine. You do have to be cautious. 
if you're going to say like, well, I really would like to go to the party, I'll wear a mask, get yourself a good mask. Don't use a cloth one because when people were wearing masks before, it was to prevent themselves from getting you sick. It wasn't really to prevent you from breathing in them. Now, you know, you got to be careful. Make sure that you're protected yourself. So there's my doom saying I shouldn't have been doom scrolling last night, but it is concerning. It is really concerning to me. No, I think I think it's it's just interesting. You know, I was thinking about this because, you know, there were some social things that that uh, we participated with over the weekend. And I don't know if I think we have talked about it was in in my social circle for a while. It was like, you know, when things got real, then people started to buckle down. Like you said, you know, we started, you know, really isolating ourselves. We, you know, were just going to the grocery store for the essentials, ordering as much as we could to have it delivered. We were washing down our groceries with, uh, you know, with the with the rags and sterilizing everything, and we were sort of sizing people up, kind of going like, "Do these people work remote?" Like we were kind of like going through the numbers. Oh, they recently traveled. Have they been back for like two weeks? And we were sort of putting people in categories, and and right or wrong. I mean, even myself, I was kind of like thinking to myself, like, "Well, on social media, this person's been gone for a couple of weeks. I probably don't want to hang out with them right after they get back from a trip from." Florida or something like that. Um, but now we've moved into this like unvaccinated, vaccinated. And and I find myself, it's like, if somebody's like, I, I don't want to get vaccinated, I'm thinking about my social, you know, engagements with these folks. And, and like I said, it can be for very good reason. I mean, it can be because of allergies. It could be religious. It could be all kinds of reasons why, why somebody doesn't want to get the vaccine. Um, it also can just be they don't want it or, or, or for whatever reason motivates them. But I do find myself kind of going like, you know, do, you know, with this, you know, this person at this big event, is it is it a good decision for me? I mean, is it going to keep me safe? And so um, I think when we see these stories about, you know, these organizations saying, you know, we want this to be mandatory. I mean, when New York was saying for their city employees, it sort of made sense to me because it's like city employees serve in a lot of capacities and in, in every city. Um, you know, I know healthcare workers, you know, I mean, it makes sense to me, but I, I do find myself being a little bit more cautious with with those folks who are saying um, I choose not to be vaccinated because I'm like, I'm like, I certainly don't want to get sick. And, and just from what I've read about Delta, I'm like, I, it's very concerning for me right now. And I do hear the anecdotes of the healthcare workers. And here's where one of the, the differences of opinion comes in. So you hear people say, I'm not going to be vaccinated because I already had COVID. And there is a logic to this. I mean, it's not unfounded. The, 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 the issue, though, is that the, the vaccine, studies have shown that the vaccine produces far more antibodies than somebody who's had prior infection most of the time. There is huge variability in how somebody gets COVID and how that person's body reacts to that initial dose of virus that they get and how they produce antibody over that time that they've had that virus. There is far less variability, although there is certainly variability of somebody who's been jabbed because they control the amount of COVID that goes in you, or it's not really COVID, the, the sequence for the, the spike binding protein or the spike protein, excuse me, on, on the virus itself that triggers your whole, your whole immunologic response. So because people are controlling how much you're getting, we know that it, it always produces a decent response or it almost always produces a decent response save if you don't have a really unusual physiology or you're not taking immunosuppressive drugs or like there's a few categories. Um, I get that there is some protection from the people that have previously had COVID. It's not a clear black and white, but for Delta, having a prior infection 
does very little if it wasn't the Delta variant itself. And that's something that is not really being explained very well, I don't think, because it's not all the same families. And, and we don't have giant shields in front of us because of this either. And that's also how the news stories are going. So I think being honest is important uh, to just be straightforward, like, no, your prior infection, while it was nasty, and I'm sure you do have some kind of antibodies in there, um, we need to give you another another kind of antibody that's controlled because we know that this is really going to boost them to levels that will be protective. Now, an interesting point, and this is something that we're going to see the big biotech businesses come in, is whether or not that booster is necessary. One of the things that they're doing is pushing for the additional booster shot, especially in the elderly, uh, especially in the vulnerable populations. One of the reasons being that a lot of the workers, uh, the healthcare workers in assisted living facilities are refusing to be vaccinated. And so there's a there's a threat, not all, I mean, I don't know the percentage, but this keeps coming up in the news that a lot of workers in, in assisted living are not being vaccinated. And I've heard anecdotes of this too. Uh, so we need to protect them, let's give them another another dose. But they're just giving everyone another dose of the same vaccine that they got you know, seven months ago at this point. What might actually be effective is if Pfizer, Moderna, if they actually change the sequence to meet the new variant sequence, to, to get a new binding domain that is specific for the Delta, which would be extraordinarily effective when they get that out, and then use that as a booster almost the way that they do for the flu shot every year. So, and, and actually, now that Delta has come, I, I'm pretty sure my future... My future prognosis is such. Um, we are going to get used to COVID like the flu. And the flu used to be really nasty too. I mean, there, we've heard about the pandemics that have wiped out you know, millions and millions and millions of people. So COVID is gonna be like the flu. It's going to be here every year. After having it and or being vaccinated and some combination thereof, it's not going to be as bad most of the time for us as, as that naive way of getting it. Uh, and over time, the virus is probably going to become a little less virulent. It's going to go through a few mutations. Some might even be worse, but it's going to get there in a number of years. It's going to come back down and it's going to be like a flu. But like the flu, which mutates every year, you're asked to get a flu shot every year. And that flu shot helps you not get really sick from the flu, even if you do get sick, because lots of people get the flu. Getting COVID is going to be like that too. And so the same mentality of like, do I want to get last year's flu shot? For next year, it probably confers some immunity, or do you want to wait for the next year's flu shot to come out and get it appropriate for that season, which is a modeling game, and they're not always right, but it still usually does a decent job. Um, COVID's going to hit that, and we're going to have to start getting used to it. So we're not, eventually we're not going to all be in masks indefinitely. I mean, COVID is here, it's here, but we're going to have a similar strategy of handling. It's like another flu bug to have, but it's a COVID bug, but we're not there yet. Right now we're in the nasty phase of having to figure it out. And so it requires some more protection than we're used to having. Granted, here I am planning on going on trips and I'm gonna wear an N95 mask and a face shield when I go. And part of the reason is we've been seeing in Europe these vaccine passport concerts, uh, these festivals, these big stadium events, even that are outside and there are huge outbreaks of COVID there. And so, it's, we're seeing it. We should be paying attention to what's happened in Europe, but we've been seeing the, the, the transmission of this new variant and we shouldn't be naive to it. So no Celine. Uh, I think that your heart must go on without uh, her. I was really looking forward to my Celine Dion concert. Were you really going to a Celine Dion concert? Of course, yeah. Oh. 
she, she's a treasure. Of, of course I have tickets. She is a treasure. She's a treasure. <laughs> I love Celine. Um, okay, big um again. Think about it. Uh, pay attention to the numbers. I like to use the Institute for Health Metrics. Great modeling website. They tell you where your state is going, the direction of it, and they predict three scenarios. They do a worst case, likely, and if everybody suddenly takes in all the public health um, precautions that are listed. So I, that's my recommendation for the Institute for Health Metrics. Uh, there are some other models that are coming out, but if you are looking two months into the future, it'll show you where you're likely to be in your state two months into the future. And then you can use that to kind of discern whether or not you want to be surrounded by people who are shedding a thousand times more virus than the past version of this. As always, I always appreciate all this COVID information. And I know I'm, I'm bummed because I got to rethink my concert. And uh, I'm still thinking about, you know, how, how can we have like the poo-poo platter of vaccines where I could just go in and get my uh, flu vaccine and my COVID vaccine all in one. So we'll have to see if that shows up. But I did want to let all of our listeners know we had talked about having more guests on the show. Uh, we, we really enjoyed talking with uh, Justine to talk about uh, teaching during the pandemic. I just wanted to put it out there, a little teaser, that um, our next guest is being scheduled. Uh, we are both very excited to be uh, talking to this gentleman. We are still working out some of those details in that date, uh, but we are looking forward to it. So, so stay tuned uh, um, as we uh, start to arrange those dates and we have our next guest. So uh, Dr. Marty, I am going to let you take us out because you always just do such a great job with it. I am touched and beclamped as always. Uh, Thank you for joining us for yet another Sunday Brunch podcast. We want to make sure that you stay connected with us. So please keep listening. Please subscribe. Please contact us. Please leave comments. We love to hear from you. And as always, eat brunch and then change the Thanks for listening to the Sunday Brunch. Before we go, show some love to our podcast by leaving us a review. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or you can check out our website at sundaybrunchpodcast.org. You can also reach out to the podcast via email at thesundaybrunchpod at gmail.com. That email address again is thesundaybrunchpod at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voicemail, and this is for U.S. callers only, at area code 970-627-7445. Again, that phone number is 970-627-7445. Thanks again, and we hope you will join us next week.